Welcome to the Bicultural Podcast. The Bicultural Podcast celebrates bicultural individuals and gives insight into cultural differences to help you improve business relationships. The podcast is presented by myself, Janina Neumann, the bilingual creative, social entrepreneur and business owner. Welcome to the Bicultural Podcast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Morgan Lokloyu, owner of Unity Therapy. Hi Morgan, how are you? I'm good, hello Janina, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Really great to have you on and really interested to hear more about your bicultural perspective. Thank you, thank you for inviting me on your podcast. Welcome. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, so I am French and I arrived in the UK 14 years ago now. I initially came to, um, to do an internship to complete my, my diploma. I was at the time studying a bachelor in international trade. Um, and I spent five months in the UK and, um, that was it. I, I never went back. So since then, I've worked in international trade as an export assistant and then um, as a translator. I worked as a translator for about nine years, ten years. Um, And a few years ago, I changed career to become um, a therapist. And I've been working as a therapist for the last two years. Um, I work in London mostly with um, French people. Um, so French expats or other French um, UK residents who, like me, arrived and just settled here, um, mostly by cultural families as well. So one of the parents is English and the other one will be French um, and their children attend the French schools. Wow, we're going to have lots to talk about. Um, just... <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to introduce yourself in French, we'd love to hear um, you introducing yourself in French. Yes, of course. Um, donc, je m'appelle Morgane. J'habite à Londres, au Royaume-Uni, uh, depuis 14 ans maintenant. Um, je suis donc arrivée uh, en vue de faire mon stage de fin d'études. À l'époque, j'étais en, en école de commerce et je terminais mon, ce qu'on appelait à l'époque la licence, qu'on appelle aujourd'hui le bachelor. Et je me suis tellement plu à Londres que euh, et je suis jamais repartie. <rire> et euh, j'ai travaillé pendant plusieurs années euh, dans, les, dans différents domaines import-export. Ensuite, j'ai rebifurqué vers, euh, vers la traduction. Et depuis deux ans maintenant, Je travaille en tant que, euh, que thérapeute, principalement auprès des, euh, des familles françaises qui sont, euh, qui sont installées à Londres. Voilà. Back to you, Janina. <laughs> that sounded wonderful. Brilliant. So, so when did you become bicultural? So, I think it was probably about two years in. Um... When I had my second job in a company where I was the only French person, uh, and also at the time I moved in a place where my flatmates, uh, none of my flatmates was French. So I sort of, when I first arrived, I needed I needed French friends and to find the French community here because I didn't know anyone. And then after a while, uh, I sort of moved away from that, and I really wanted to 
diving the English culture, the English way of life. Um, and I think, yeah, that's that's probably about two years after I arrived that I really sort of investigated more and and sort of started to become a bit bicultural. That sounds really interesting. So have, did you notice any distinct differences um, between British and French people when you first arrived? The first thing that really that I really noticed is just how friendly people were here. Um, obviously, I grew up in Paris area and I did my studies in, in Paris. Um, and, and, and it's a, it's, it's, it's a big city, it's a big town. And, um, people are, are very stressed and they're always running to places, a bit like London. But there was something about people. They were smiley, they were much more chatty and, and, there, there was something about, I don't know, I remember one day and that really sort of symbolized everything for me is um, I was I was in the tube. I was on my way back home after an evening out with friends and um, the tube wasn't really, it wasn't really busy. There were, there were people, but not too many. And there was one lady who was crying, a young young lady, probably about my age. And she was crying. No one knew what was going on. And um, I sort of didn't think much of it and carried on. I can't remember what I was doing, if I was reading or listening to music. And after a while, I saw someone coming over to her and handing her a tissue and then walking back to their seat and sitting on. And <laughs> I was left absolutely gobsmacked. This would have never ever happened in France I mean in my experience maybe it does but um I looked at them and I was like oh my god French people English people are so kind um (laughs) I don't know it just sort of represented for me the interaction that people had in the tube and how accessible and approachable they were or they are compared to French people in the in the French tube for example it's very much in France about minding their own business. Well, it was. I left 14 years ago. Um, and then I sort of relaxed and started to to talk to people and to smile to people much more as well. So perhaps that's when I really became bicultural. That's a really interesting story. So do you think it's because the British have a different way of engaging with strangers? Is it more acceptable here than it is in France? Definitely. Um, and I could notice that and compare because a few months or perhaps a year after this, this event, the tube event, I went back to France. And um, so my parents live in Paris area. So for me, it's quite easy. I just get on the on the Eurostar. And when I make it to Gare du Nord, I just have to jump into the RERB. Uh, now the RERB, R-E-R-B in France is the one that goes to um, Charles de Gaulle Airport. But um, there's a fork. So this R-E-R-B goes either to the airport, either in a different direction. And it's it's getting much, much better now. But back then, the indications were not clear. And a lot of tourists would get on the train, not realise 
that they were on the wrong one. So when it was time to change, they wouldn't. And they would go in the different direction. They'd have to come back, change again to go to the airport. And um, and one evening, one Friday evening, I was visiting. So I was coming to I was going to Paris in, uh, via Eurostar, getting on that train. And when we arrived uh, at the station where people would have to change to go to the airport, I could see in the um, next to me there were two. Uh, two tourists um, and I could see the label on their luggage and I could guess that they were going to Charles de Gaulle and when we arrived at that station where they were supposed to change no one said anything and I could see everyone looking at them and and um, no one actually standing up and going to to tell them oh, perhaps they, they didn't speak English they didn't know how to interact but I guess in this situation, you don't necessarily need to share the language to let people know that they should get out. Or, you know, the um, the lines, there were posters with the lines, so you could show them that it was not the right train. Um, and eventually I realised no one was going to react, so I did. I went uh, and I told them what to do, how to change, where to go, be mindful of the, um, the final destination of the train. Um, they didn't speak much English, but they spoke enough English that I could explain them and they could they could understand. So that was all good. And then I went back and sat and and people had not even I don't know acknowledged anything. Not that was after um, an applause or anything. That that was not the point. But that really struck me because in the UK they can go and give a tissue to someone crying, but in France. They can't tell someone that they get on the wrong train. <laughs> How, you know, like, that, that that did not quite compute in my mind. So do you think there's a real stark difference in how people communicate with strangers and how people, I would actually give you feedback um, when they get to know you in France? French people are, well, used to be really bad at foreign languages. So they would go abroad expecting people at their destination to sort of make an effort to understand and help them. However, when you go to France as a foreigner and you don't really speak French, they would look at you and despise, like, how dare you come to my country and not even speak my language? And, and a lot of them would not help you because your French is not good enough. And that's on you, because if you come to France, the least you could do is speak French. Well, no, that that doesn't quite work like that. If you're a tourist, you don't need to speak perfect French to come and spend a few days to visit us. But now I feel like the newest generation are a bit different. I find them much more open and and obviously they speak better English. Um, and they they would kind of welcome people now, uh, welcome them and see see it as an opportunity of practice their English. So I think I, I honestly think that France is changing. So what advantages has biculturalism given you? Well, obviously, being bicultural definitely helps me help my clients better, especially the one who have been here for a very long time. Um, 
Had I been a therapist who just arrived in London, I'm not sure I would have the same level of understanding of what it is to be bicultural in this in this town. And for the French people who've lived here a long time and and who come f- for for help to me, um, I can really relate. Um, I've had the same challenges that they've had. I've come to the same understanding that um, that that they did and. Just like if they were to go to an English therapist, they would miss out on their French roots and and influence. Um, As a newbie French therapist here, just arrived from France, um, it would be difficult for me as well to to fully understand their experience. Um, And it is actually quite an exercise. When, When people, when French expats, come to see me and they've just arrived um you know usually the typical the the the, the most common um being uh the a company sending um sending someone from front here and 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 this man most of the time it's a man but not always but for this one we'll say it's a man comes and the family follows <clears throat> and you know they one of the member of the family um, needs to come to see me. Um, I can feel just how French they are because they, they 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 they've just arrived. They haven't yet sucked in the culture. They haven't yet got used to the way of living, to the habits, and um, and and it's funny because it reminds me of when I arrived fourteen years ago, um, and. And it reminds, or it reminds me of so many people that I've met up to now, and it's always more or less the same kind of patterns and and comments and feedbacks. Um, being bicultural in in this kind of situation really helps because then I can bring in more nuances and bring in the sort of British side of thing. And sort of help them understand better. So sometimes I feel very much like I'm the link between um, those those newly French expats and the land that's welcoming them. And I'm sort of facilitating the understanding and shortcutting maybe all the things that I've learned on my own. That sounds really interesting. So for some of our listeners who might feel like they they're having some barriers are there some of the things that you could share with us how they might be feeling and when is the right time to come to you to have a chat well you arrive in a country that doesn't necessarily share the same codes of communication um and uh, so you are naturally going to respond the way you've been conditioned by the country that you come from. And you are used to a certain kind of response to that. But you are faced with people who have their own codes. Um, and, and it's very much the same. Even if you speak English, you speak English, but with your French approach. And the person in front of you might be speaking English with an English approach or, you know, in the expat community and, and especially in London, um, which is so multicultural, it might be that for both of you, 
this is not the um, your first language and also the code of the communication uh is not the same so you you might be at loss because when you try to express yourself in, in a certain way it's not received the way you would expect it to be if you'd be in france you would more or less know how the person in front of you would would understand you because you you share the same um code of communication but here it's different um if i take an example when i when i first um when when i worked as a, an export assistant my boss was english and was probably in his late 60s and he was very well composed very well mannered very well spoken um and and i arrived and i was 24 just fresh out of school thought that i knew it all and um and i was french uh and i was actually hired because they wanted me to look after the french market so it was fine i could communicate with my clients because we were on the same sort of wavelength but when it came to communicating with my boss i was at loss I was coming from a very direct approach, uh, not necessarily confrontational because it was my boss, but very much used to things being said out loud, um, not necessarily reading in between lines. And he was coming to me with his own ways of communicating, which was very different to mine. My English was good enough for me to understand him, but the way we both communicated was making it quite hard because we were not communicating at the same level. I needed direct and clear direction. He could not give me that. So it was easier for me to talk with my clients than it was for me with my boss. And I think when you arrive here as an expat, you need to be really mindful that even if your English level is good enough, People will not interact and communicate with you the way French people would do in France. And I think that's where the, the shock most of the time is, is that we're not ready for the, this cultural difference. We think that because we know the language, we'll be fine. But it's much more subtle than that. And it requires a lot of attention and dedication to really understand how things work here so you you can sort of fit in if that makes sense yeah it definitely makes sense and I can definitely relate to that as well you mentioned that one of the ways um you started exploring the British culture a little bit more is um to have more British friends are there any other tips that you could give about how to explore the British culture a little bit more? So get interested in the story, in the history of England. Um, go out, visit the countryside. Uh, do not necessarily stay in London because London is so multicultural that I think it's quite easy to take 
something for um, an, an English thing when actually, no, it's just a result of the melting pot in London. Um, get a National Trust Pass or an English Heritage and go and visit those sites because you can't make it more English than that. Um, and get yourself interested in what really makes England alive like Wimbledon or football or rugby and try to go out and try to join people when there is such big gathering because this is truly English and this is where you'll meet people and you can exchange with them and you can make friends um and yes just don't don't stay within your community and try try to get out try to um follow english traditions um and just just try to see what makes england england and 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 give it a chance get interested in it and 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 take part in it you could also i don't know um i have a friend who joined the women institute for example um and they said that it was it was a great help to understand England better and to also make friends that they would not necessarily have met uh, if it wasn't for this kind of organisation. Those are really powerful tips. Thank you for sharing them with us. You're very welcome. And w- one last thing that I do is when I do go away on holidays in the UK I make sure that I either find a B&B or a, a cottage that is managed by uh not not managed by a company but by private um landlord or owners because they're always so open to you know tell you a bit more about the area and and themselves i i went on holiday um to the peak district last year and i stayed on the farm and i got the opportunity to speak to the farmers and they gave me so many great tips on the area i would have never found them by myself and they also told us about their family history and um i would not have had this chance or opportunity had i stayed in a big chain that's a great tip. And yes, interacting with the actual business owners always makes experiences so much better. So that's a great tip, Morgan. Thank you. You're very welcome. And I think if you, if you do go for this this kind of business owner, they're, they're really down to earth and they they have this desire to make your stay the, the nicest possible one and to also share so much about what they know and where they live um it's 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 very valuable and and it's it's very enjoyable to be with people who are so committed to to the land um they live on that's really beautiful thank you so if people really enjoyed listening to you would you like to tell us about um, how you can help people, but also when is the best time to um, chat to you and talk about how they can develop themselves? Um, yes, of course. Uh, so if people feel like they need a little bit of help, uh, be it to fit in better in 
in the UK if they are expats um, or, or perhaps British expats who are in France and find it a bit hard that that could happen to you. Uh, they can find me on my website at unitytherapies.com um, and they can, they can contact me and we can have an initial um, discussion to sort of get to know each other a bit better and so I can understand really where they're coming from and why they feel like I could be of help. Um, and then we can decide together of, of about how we can move forward. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Morgan, for today. I learned a lot and it's been a pleasure to have you on my podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me, Janina. You were a great host. Oh, thank you very much. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please don't forget to subscribe to the Bicultural Podcast. Thank you for listening and bis bald.